Open Windows Podcasts. A venture of Hit the Road Cultural Journeys. A journey in time to music and the arts for your enjoyment and enrichment. Presented by Orhan Ahuskal, DMA, solo violinist and former professor of violin and chamber music. Hi everybody, I am taking a break from all the scheduled or planned work and I would like to tell you a story today that I found out recently when I was doing research on one of my Hit the Road Cultural Journeys videos. And I would really like to share this story with you. Recently, it was the International Women's Day and this is the story of a woman who had a major impact on the history of music, particularly early in the 20th century. But before I tell you about this person, I'm actually going to read you a bunch of names, see if you recognize any of them. Do you recognize Emmanuel Chabrier, Vincent Dandy, Gabriel Fauré, Francis Poulang, Germain Telafer, Claude Debussy, Maurice Ravel, Igor Stravinsky, Kurt Weil, Manuel de Fire, Darius Mio, Jean Francais, and the list goes on. Any ideas? Yes, you guessed it. I am talking about France and French music and French composers. Well, composers living in France at the turn of the century, late 19th century and early 20th century. Because our heroine actually lived in Paris and had a major impact, as I said before, on the music and the art scene in Paris at that time. But she was an American. She was born in Yonkers, New York in 1865, right at the end of the American Civil War. In 1866, her family moved to Paris. Her mother was French and she was a model by the name Isabella Eugenie Boyer. When the war between France and Germany, the Franco-Prussian War, broke out in 1870, then they moved again, this time to England. In 1875, her father died there, and then the whole family eventually returned to Paris. Her name was Winareta Singer. She was one of the 22 children of Isaac Singer, the inventor of the first mass-produced sewing machine. According to some sources, 24 children actually, and but only six out of these 24 children were born in wedlock, and Winareta was one of them. Her father died in 1875 and left approximately 13 million dollars to his family, or rather families. And there was a big legal battle about the inheritance because there were many families and many children from different wives and different relationships. And at the end of this legal procedure, Winoretta actually received 900,000 dollars. In today's money, 2021, this is approximately 18 million dollars. When she turned 21, she got control of her money and bought a house in Paris. But, as we understand, having a lot of money for a young single woman was not enough to get accepted into the top French society, the elite, and to get in this group, she had to get married. So, her mother found her husband from an aristocratic family. She ended up marrying Prince Louis de Saint-Montbéat. There is a funny story, an unsubstantiated story, of course. Apparently, at their wedding night, when the husband approached her, she climbed atop this boudoir, and holding an umbrella, and saying, if you come close to me, I will beat you. 
Perhaps this was the first indication that she didn't like men, romantically speaking, and had homosexual inclinations. This marriage lasted until the Catholic Church eventually annulled it in 1892, and Winaretta Singer found herself in the awkward position of being a divorced woman this time. So, her close circle of friends suggested that she would marry immediately, and they found her another husband, yet another prince, this time by the name Prince Edmond de Polignac. He also came from an aristocratic family, and he was in many ways well suited to Winaretta, mainly because he was also a homosexual and had major financial problems. So together they made a very good couple. She had the financial means to ensure them an elegant lifestyle, and he had, as a prince, his own royal and social connections. We understand that they were brought together due to their love of music and arts and literature, and they had a mutual sympathy and respect for each other, and this was enough for a tender and happy marriage, which lasted until the prince's death in 1901. Winaretta Singer, after marrying Edmond de Polignac, was now Princess Edmond de Polignac, and established a music salon in their house in Paris. And this salon, established approximately in 1892, became a haven for avant-garde music and had a major impact on music history until her death in 1943. This is where many works by composers like Emmanuel Chabrier, Vincent Dandy, Claude Debussy, Maurice Ravel and Gabriel Fauré were premiered. She did more than that, she also commissioned works from well-known or not so well-known composers at the time. Among these are Francis Poulenc's Concerto for Two Pianos and his organ concerto, Jean-Francis Comic Chamber Opera, Le Diable Boiteau and Serenade for Twelve Instruments, German composer, great collaborator of Bertolt Brecht, the composer of the big hit Mac the Knife, Kurt Weill's Second Symphony and Germain Telefer's First Piano Concerto are among these works that she commissioned. She also regularly sponsored the Paris Symphony Orchestra and also the Paris Opera. She was a regular supporter of the famous Ballet Russe, an itinerant dance company. This was organized and promoted by the Russian impresario Sergei Diaghilev. This ensemble and Diaghilev basically were the reason Russian composer Igor Stravinsky became famous. He composed his three ballets for Ballet Russe. In 1910, he composed L'Oise de Feu, The Firebird, in 1911, Petrushka, and in 1913, Le Sacre de Printemps, The Rite of Spring. So these pieces catapulted Stravinsky into international fame. They were the reason that he became one of the most influential musical figures in the early 20th century. We understand that Winaretta Singer was actually present at the premiere of The Rite of Spring in Paris, and she recalls this premiere in her memoirs, which were published posthumously in 1945. No one who was present at the first performance of Le Sacre de Printemps can ever forget that evening, for there was a real battle in the Théâtre de Champs-Élysées. The howls of some, the applause of others went on for an hour. The orchestra reduced to silence. Here and there, someone would rise and shout out his views at the top of his voice, each party abusing and insulting the other in the most violent way. 
I was present each time the ballet was given, and until the end of the season, the same riotous scenes took place, sometimes lasting for more than an hour, the orchestra being reduced to silence. Still, the army of admirers grew stronger and stronger, and Stravinsky was overwhelmed with applause when the curtain finally went down. We understand that Singer had a special respect for Igor Stravinsky and his musical talents. After hearing a performance of Richard Strauss's Ariadne of Naxos in 1910, she realized that the days of big orchestras, like the ones used in the works of Richard Wagner and Richard Strauss and Gustav Mahler, were over, and that it would be delightful to return to a smaller orchestra of well-chosen players and instruments. In a letter in November 1910, she wrote, You know, my very great admiration for your talent. You will not be surprised then that I thought of you in asking you to write for me a pantomime or a symphonic work which would belong to me and which I would have played in my music room, which you are very familiar with. It would obviously have to be a short work and for a small orchestra, maybe 30 to 36 musicians. Will you permit me to propose that you accept for this work a sum of 3,000 francs? and to ask you if it could be finished around April 8th so that I can have it performed at my house around the end of April or the beginning of May. Stravinsky's Renard, based on the Russian folktale The Fox, The Cock, The Cat and The Ram, was composed for this purpose, and Wienerita Singer was very supportive and enthusiastic about this music, and she quickly offered to pay a total of 10,000 Swiss francs for the composition instead of the 3,000 they had agreed earlier. She also commissioned works from other famous composers like Eric Satie, a work that used female voices. Satie composed this work, Socrates, or Socrates, between 1917 and 1918, in 1917, Satie was troubled by a lawsuit over an insulting postcard he had sent, and this incident nearly resulted in prison time. The princess diverted this danger by her financial intercession in the first months of 1918, after which Satie could work free of fear. Winaretta Singer, or Princess Edmond de Polignac, also helped launch international careers of many, many young performers, like the very famous orchestra conductor, one of the first female conductors who became a very influential teacher, Nadia Boulanger, famous pianists, Clara Haskell, Arthur Rubinstein, Vladimir Horowitz. If we consider that Nadia Boulanger became the teacher of many, many early 20th century composers like Elliot Carter, Aaron Copland, David Diamond, Philip Glass, Virgil Thompson, conductors like John Elliot Gardner and Daniel Barenboim, Turkish pianist Idil Biret. Nadia Boulanger became the first woman to conduct many major orchestras in America and in Europe, including the BBC Symphony Orchestra in London, the Boston Symphony Orchestra, and also the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. The impact Winaretta Singer had was not limited to the music world. She also helped particularly the Swiss-French architect Le Corbusier on various public housing developments in Paris in the 1920s and 30s.
She also collaborated with the Polish-French physicist and chemist Marie Curie and during the First World War she helped convert private limousines into mobile radiology units to help the wounded soldiers fighting in the front. The reason I wanted to talk to you about Minareta Singer, apart from that she had this big impact on the music scene and basically launched careers of so many great musicians at that time for a period of maybe up to almost 50 years. And of course, she had the means to do that. But I'm going to ask you now, how many people who have the means to do something like this, who had such an impact on the history of music or on the history of the arts? Do you know anybody who commissioned a piece of music? Do you know anybody who actually sponsored a musician and helped their careers to take off and they ended up having a very successful career? You see, this is where it changes. She had the means, but that was not all. There are many, many people who have the means today, but I don't think they are having any such impact on the music history or the arts history. But Winarita Singer single-handedly helped shape and helped create a whole new era of music in the early 20th century by helping the people who would create this music by sponsoring their efforts and also allowing them to use her little concert hall and sponsoring their concerts and their studies. So it was my aim to actually poke at you a little bit today and also tell you about this amazing woman who really had a major impact and because of her and because of her support, maybe we possibly maybe we know works by Gabriel Fauré or we know of composers like Claude Debussy and Maurice Ravel and, and so on. As I said earlier, I came across Wienerita Singer when I was doing research for another little video that I'm preparing, a documentary video about Gabriel Fauré. Of course, there are many, many different stories and anecdotes with different composers and musicians at the turn of the century in Paris. And if you would like to find out more about Princess Edmond de Polignac, there is a book. It's a biography written by Sylvia Kahn, and it was published in 2009. This book is called The Music's Modern Muse, A Life of Winaretta Singer, Princess de Polignac. Here you can read much more about the Singer family and Winaretta's legacy and many musical stories with people who really transformed the music scene in Paris in the early 20th century. Well, thank you very much for joining me today and until next time, all the best. Thank you for joining me today at another Open Windows podcast of Hit the Road Cultural Journeys. Hit the Road is an artistic and educational project that has evolved and been developed in the last 30 years artistically to promote solo violin works that are rarely or never performed, also to educate audiences about different aspects of Western classical music. And we value your support. Please consider supporting Hit the Road Cultural Journeys and become a valued member of Hit the Road Inner Circle. Visit our page at patreon.com, type hit the road and watch our introductory video. You can support this project then by choosing a membership level and with your small monthly contributions. Hit the road needs you. Until next time, all the best. <laughs>